Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning together Noach Shishi, the sixth Aliyah in Parshas Noach. What a big Aliyah. This Aliyah is a very long one. It has 44 psukim running from Perek Tes, Pasuk Yurches, the very end of Perek Yud at Perek Yud, Pasuk Lamin Beis. The main focus is the vineyard and the 17 nations. Let's take a quick look at the contents of this Aliyah, a summary, and then we'll think about some points together. So at the beginning we hear again about the three sons of Noach, they're Shem, Chama, and Yafes, and the Chama is, we're told, is the father of Canaan. This is a prelude to the story we're about to hear. So the, the, the these children help populate the, the land at this point in time. Vayochel Noach, hard word to translate, but it sounds like he begins by making um, by planting a vineyard, he becomes a farmer. He drinks from the wine produced by the grapes, he becomes drunk, and he reveals himself. So he's walking around unclothed in his tent, at which point his grandson, Cham, uh, uh, mis, uh, sorry, his grand, uh, his son, Cham, sees it, sees it, and he goes and tells his brothers outside. The two other brothers, Shem and Yefes, take this cloak, this simla, backwards and they, in respect for their father's nakedness and cover him up. And as they arrive at him, and they turn their heads the other direction as well, so that they cover him up. Noach wakes up, realizes what has been done to him by his youngest son, and he curses Canaan. So it seems that although it was describing Cham doing this, it seems that it was facilitated or started by his, his son, Canaan, the grandson of Noach. And at which point he curses him to be an Eved Avadim Yele to be a servant of servants to his brothers. And, and he gives a blessing to the other two children, Yavtelokim Yilech, Ilyefes, Hashem should expand the tents of Yefes, Vyishkom Shem, and he will dwell in the tents of, of shame. We then hear about um, the fact that Noach lives after the Mabul 350 more years and leading him to a sum total of 950 years when he passes away. We then hear a large section, all of Perek Yud is dedicated to the generations after Noach. So we hear about the generations of Yefes, and we hear about the generations of Cham, and then we hear about the generations of Shem. We hear great detail about all their children and their grandchildren, and their great-grandchildren. And sometimes we hear about their actions, like Nimrod becoming a Gibor Chayel, which is a negative thing. And we hear about some of the lands which are taken over by some of the children of Yefes. But, um, and in many of these la- these descriptions of people are names of nations that we know now, like Mitzrayim, Pras, a lot of Kush, a lot of nations that we see later on in Tanakh. Let's take a few points to ponder. Number one is this episode at the beginning about the vineyard. When did it occur? So the Chida points out in his commentary on Nach called Chomas Anach that there are a few discrepancies here which are hard to synthesize. Number one is it sounds Vayachel that it began right after the Mabul, but that's not possible because as Noach emerged from the Teva, he only had three children and, uh, and their wives. How could he have a grandson, Ham, at that point in time? Um, Ham needs to, and Ham actually is the fourth son of um, Ham. So how is it possible this could have been right away? If the word Vayachel means he began. So one could translate it as he made himself chulin, he emptied himself out of meaning. But that is not the primary understanding of the word. So the, the Chida suggests that to try to synthesize all of this, that really it took a while for the earth to recover after the Mabul and Noach to sort of set everything into motion. And Ham already came off the table with his wife impregnated. He was the one who did not listen to the moral um, uh, the, the moral calling of being separate for, uh, during the times of disaster. 
and his wife was already nine months pregnant, gave birth to the first child, Canaan, immediately as they came off the ark. Um, and Canaan, although is labeled as the fourth child because of his curse, is really the oldest child. And in the time that it took Noah to arrange the earth, to put things back into place, that's when Canaan grew older. So perhaps closer to the end of the marble than would seem otherwise. Um, all the Mephoshians struggle with this type of question. Another question is, why did he choose to plant a vine? Rashi tells us that he brought the vines with him on the Teva, and this is one of the fruits that he brought, so he therefore planted it afterwards. The Bechor Shor of Yosef Bechor Shor says that the, this is an indication that the curse upon the work of the land by Cain had already ceased because of all Cain's um, generations. All his progeny had been wiped out in the flood. Remember, Noach is from Shes, not Cain. Another possibility that Chasm Sofer says is that Noach became a more earthly and material-oriented person. After the entire flood, Ishadama doesn't just mean to say that he was an agriculturalist, it means to say he became earthy. He moved away from his soul awareness, from his spiritual side of his persona. The Kleyako says that this actually may relate to the fact that, according to one opinion in the Gemara and Brachos, that the Eid Sadas was a grape. Therefore, what was going on over here was a reconstruction of the original challenge of Adam Arishan, Noach viewing himself the father of three sons, like Adam was the father of three sons, trying to struggle with the primordial challenge and failing so in the same or similar vein. Um, and on a most basic level, without having to go too far, one can also say Noach lived with terrible survivor's guilt. The whole world, the whole known world, everything, not just everyone, everything had been completely wiped away. Noach, whenever he saw storm clouds, probably had that ominous thought and the PTSD, the post-traumatic stress disorder of seeing that terrifying apparition and thinking about those days, that cataclysmic event of it. It is, um, it is probable to understand that part of this was also psychologically a terrifying thing for Noach when seeing those clouds appear and drunkenness would be the way that Oyved Nefesh, as we hear in Mishlei, that he finds solace, which is unfortunately a failing, similar to what the Chassan Sofer is saying. What did Canaan actually do? So it's interesting, on the most basic level, the Radak says, um, and the, and the, um, um, the Shadal says an interesting thing, is that he just saw this situation and he laughed. He thought it was funny. He did, his grandfather's acting in this way and, and he goes and tells his father doesn't correct the situation. It's the greatest expression of a lack of respect, a lack of knowing one's place. That's the most basic understanding. However, Rashi quotes the Gorin Sanhedrin, Daf Ayn, which tells us a more terrifying thing, and that is two opinions. One is that he sodomized his grandfather. The other one is that he sterilized him. Terrifying ideas. Why would he do that? So Rashi goes on to explain a little later on that he looked back at Adam, the, the earliest progeny, father, patriarch of all of humanity, and he only had two sons and later three sons, and they, they fought and killed each other over world dominion, essentially. And he said, look, Noach's got three sons, and now he's thinking of having more children. And if he's going to think of having more children, he felt that he needed to intervene to create less problems. And again, whenever you intervene, you create more problems as well. So that's perhaps what's going on, suggests Rashi. Now, what is the expression Noach's blessing and curse to, to shame and, and to um, EFS? It is interesting, Rashi points out, that this may refer to the first and second Beis Amikdash. The first Beis Amikdash was made by the Semites, by shame, and that's where the Shechinah rested. The second Besamedosh was created at the behest of Cyrus the Great. Cyrus the Great came from the family line of Yephes. 
That being the case, there was no Shechina in the second Reis Minash, there was no Aaron, and that is a, a reflection of the difference of the of shame. Yishkan Hashem Ba'alei Shem, HaKadosh Baruch that Hashem's presence will be in the tents of shame, not in that of Yefes. Now, why do we hear about all these generations and the rest of the Aliyah? Why is this so significant? So the Natsiv says a very fascinating observation. He says that this incident of the vineyard is connected with the division of the future generations of, uh, upon earth. Um, at the beginning, they were all on the same page. They were about survival. They were about continuity. They were about God preservation, environmentalism, and, um, and what Hashem intended them to be. But then there was an event, this vineyard event, split them up into different personalities. And the Netziv says, from here on inwards, uh, the human beings are going to divide themselves. In fact, he says that these are actually character types which are expressed here. Anybody who is less of an intellectual is a person from the Chama personality trait. A person who is much more successful and full of verve for life is a Yefes personality. And those who are spiritually inclined are those who follow the pattern of shame. Now, how many children are actually recorded in the end of this Aliyah? It's a very long list. And it's helpful to look at a chart. We hear about the, the, that they are described as the Chizkun, he says, as 70 different children here. So for first generation, second generation, third generation sometimes. And why is this? So the Pasuk says, at the very end of the, of the Aliyah, These are the children or the families of Noach, told us some, in their generations, in their nations. From these, these are the, how they separated into the different lands after the Mabal, which leads the Chizkuni, quoting Chazal, to say that the 70 nations um, are, are formed from these 70 individuals. Yes, there were other ones, but they're not listed because they were not the patriarchs of nations and nation states. These ones were. It's interesting to note that Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, Zechazavik Racha, would describe that when uh, he uh, was at the United Nations Peace, a Millennium Peace Summit in the year 2000, in August 2000, he was invited there as a religious representative in the world, and he noticed that there were, well, while there were over 2,000 different leaders from world faiths and different faiths, there were 70 basic traditions. Coming back to this notion of the of these 70 nations which emanated from Noah after the map. But with this, we close Shishi. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.